the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Talking money, investing in more. Talking investing and getting into retirement. And virtual cats. I know you're saying virtual cats. Where is he going with this one? Virtual cats are a thing. There's something called GDC. And I'm one of those people that anytime I see an acronym or Letters and numbers string together. I'm like, what is, what's that mean? And I can't help but read articles in newspapers. I love it. I prefer a real newspaper versus uh, Kindle, but that's because I hate trees. I've got a, a long line of hating trees. I come from a long line of hating trees. My father oh. hated trees. My father's father hated trees. Uh, I think I was related to Johnny Appleseed at one point in time who chopped down apple trees. So I've spent a couple days thinking about GDC and Gamers Developers Conference in San Francisco. And one of the things I did growing up as a kid was I played a lot of video games, a lot of video games. I want to say that I was born with not a bottle in my hand, but maybe a joystick. I had the Atari 2600, I had ColecoVision, and Intellivision. With all these consoles, I probably, had I invested, I'd probably worth be, you know, hundreds of millions, right? I'm struck with how fast cities change, how fast states change, how fast the video game business has changed. And something that I absolutely hate are virtual goods. When your kid comes to you and they're like, Dad... I want to buy 1,400 gems. I'm like, well, 1,400 gems is going to cost you millions and millions of dollars. No, it's going to cost $4. I'm like, 1,400, you want $4 on something that is in your phone and goes away? So you basically want to play video games for $4. And that's the right answer, virtual goods. Building digital worlds where people want to spend a good chunk of their time and occasionally some money 
on cosmetic modifications is what these digital goods are all about. The idea that people spend real money on virtual objects, it's not new. It's been around forever and ever and ever. And whether you're Tencent or Activision or Electronic Arts or Valve, they've made millions of dollars selling new costumes, digital costumes. Like, I remember Valve's got a game, Team Fortress. Does that sound right? It's been a long time since I played it. And you could get, like, a chicken hat. But it cost you, like, 99 cents to, like, but no one else had the chicken hat. You're like, I'm cool. I got a chicken hat on. So a lot of people kind of try to do it within reason. You know, you spend 40 to 60 bucks on a game or you get it for free. So you go, I'll spend $15 dressing up my Overwatch character. Um, and that's your, that's your budget, $15. So you have a budget for your video game character, just like you have a budget for you. This weekend, I'm going to go to the mall. I'm going to buy some clothes and get a cup of coffee. Oh, and maybe a beer at cheesecake. And suddenly I just, I broke my budget, right? Ooh. Last year, there was a, a really, really naughty, just, just mean spirited debate on ethics about star Wars battlefront and the way you you would see characters in commercial like Yoda and Chewbacca. And you're like, I want to play Yoda and Chewbacca. And then you realize that you have to spend like $60 on loot crates to maybe get them. Loot crates are kind of a, you spend a buck and maybe there's some ammo in there. Maybe there's a crossbow in there and maybe there is, Oh, a stormtrooper. I got another stormtrooper, not uh, Chewbacca. Uh... I'm sorry, Chewie. <laughs> if Chewbacca were to ask your sister out on a date, would you let him go? It's an ethical debate. Are you out of your mind? Man versus Wookiee. So that's the kind of debate that we had last year. Is is it cool to tell gamers you have to spend money to potentially get a character that should probably come with it or looks like it came with it? So developers are still trying to figure out exactly how they can get away with charging for the right systems to get you happy and not feeling like your dad's freaked out that you're spending virtual money on clothes that aren't even real. There's what I would refer to as an obsession. League of Legends came out in 2009. It's still a powerhouse. So to get people to stay for that long of a time and spending a little bit of money, Microsoft spot Minecraft a couple years ago. And to this day, it's going strong. So Ready Player One is the Steven Spielberg movie slash book that it's kind of got a virtual reality universe inside the movie. And video game developers would love to have a virtual reality type universe where you keep coming back and you spend a little bit more money and a little bit more money and a little bit more money. Game makers are focused on building the same kind of worlds of interactive experiences and not just silly games. Um, because the silly game we tire of. And yeah, we may throw some money into it. Um, 
you know, the jewelry quest and gym quests and things like that, where you're trying to move the candy quest and you're trying to get the bombs and you're like, you were so close. If you only had two more moves, you would have absolute control. You would have won, but you kind of get bored of it after level 149, but you've spent 20 bucks, but they want you to go on 365 days a year. So there's something called cryo kitties. And it's a pretty extreme thought. There's a company called CryoKitties, and they just raised $12 million from Andreessen Horowitz and Union Square Ventures. It takes the idea that people want to own virtual objects to its logical extreme. Why should Blizzard own the skins when you buy an avatar in your game, the clothes? What if instead you could resell them? What if I bought it for a dollar, a chicken hat, and suddenly some, someone says, that's a crazy cool chicken hat. Can I sell it to them for a buck and a quarter? So this is called decentralizing. And it's less crazy than you can think. To think about, like, who owns your music that you've paid for when you die? Do you? Or does it revert back to Apple? Who owns the movies that you've downloaded, all the Star Wars movies that you wanted your kids to watch, but you accidentally died, and they're too depressed to go into your account? Designers and entrepreneurs right now are selling digital goods in what are essentially unproductive parts of our life, but if they can figure out ways of selling digital goods that are in the productive part of our life, and that we could resell... That's where the game movement industry is moving. You can find me online at Robux Show, Twitter Robux Show. of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Rob Black, talking money, investing in more. First episode of South Park this season had Cartman basically playing with his Alexa. And he'd say, Hey, Alexa! No, now I can't do a Cartman voice. You will respect my authority! Alexa, say, suck, kiss my butt. So everyone who had an Alexa in their living room or in their kitchen, their Alexa came on and would say, kiss my butt, or however Alexa says things. And the whole show featured... Cartman saying, hey, Lexa, say, 
And it was kind of funny. Um, if you test it out, it does work. It's, it's one of those things that I don't know if we plan for that. And I don't know what the emergency plan is for maybe a husband who has emails that he doesn't want his spouse to read. And you say, hey, Alexa, read my emails. Because there isn't like a voice differentiation technology at this point in time. Or maybe it's a wife who goes out and buys like, I don't know, magical cream that she can put on her body and all her fat and uh, muscles that are relaxed go away. Her stretch marks suddenly turn into candy that you can eat. But that's the problem with Alexa. And here's the problem with Alexa that I have is that people are buying stuff on Amazon that they normally wouldn't buy. And I want to bring in Tony and Mendez in for this segment. Tony, have you ever used Amazon and um, Prime Service? Yes. Thank you very much. That's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoadSource.com. He is my mortgage lender. Um, the way an e-tailer has unveiled product before is always kind of interesting because it's typically like about convenience. But Amazon comes out and they unveil like 10 different Echoes, voice-activated home speakers, uh, including one that serves as a digital alarm clock, which we didn't really know we needed another digital alarm clock because don't we have alarm clocks on cell phones and, oh, heck, radio alarms, right? Lex can already help you watch videos on the web, uh, turn on kitchen timers, listen to music, shop on Amazon, and do other tasks that with smartphones run by Amazon arch rivals like Google and Apple. Amazon's eager right now to have Alexa do much, 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 much more, like control your remote control. Um, they say like a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. They say a way through a woman's heart is with a good bank account. They don't say that. It's just that's my freaking freaking assumption at this point. Busted eardrums. Uh, I need coffee. Um, so Amazon wants Alexa to do more. Control your TV. And we're just not there yet. Like Apple TV's new Apple TV, it's great. And it makes the picture so much better. And if you have Comcast and you, Comcast boxes typically don't support 4K, but the Apple TV does support 4K. And if you want to watch ABC on Comcast, you're getting like 1K or 2K at best. But if you watch it through your box on Apple or through Roku, they all have 4K boxes. Um, you're getting 4K. So, like, yesterday I was doing a side-by-side -side comparison. It's, like, pretty impressive. Um, but controlling my TV is ultimately my, my happy point, right? Amazon promises a single command. Alexa can take over your morning routine on flipping on lights, find a pot of coffee. Alexa wants to control a 1990s novelty gift. Uh, big Mouth Billy Bass. Do you remember Big Mouth Billy Bass? It's a big fake bass that's mounted on a wall. Alexa has one of those coming out, or Amazon has one of those coming out that has Alexa's voice. And you can say, hey, big mouth Billy Bass, what's the score of the Bass Fishman con contest this week in Oklahoma City? And big bass Billy Bass, big mouth Billy Bass would be able to give an answer to you. And what's fascinating about that is um, when I quit this show, I'm going to become a writer on a fishing show. So um, that's my goal. It's always been my retirement goal. It's either that or go on Survivor. <laughs> It's my big mouth Billy Bass. I fired it up from my, my basement this weekend. When I was down in the basement, I said hello to all my prisoners, my captives, people that you're going to be like, oh, that's where that person was. Uh-huh. 
So Big Mouth Billy Bass is going to be controlled by Alexa now. Amazon's building a future untethered from the smartphone is what they're trying to do, but with all the software intelligence, that gadget, and more. So remember they had the smartphone that had this like uh, 3D holographic thing? Biggest flop. And uh, Jeff Bezos is like, oh, we're going to make bigger flops. And basically he wants to control your TV like your phone would control your TV. He wants to give you sports scores like your phone would give you sports scores. He wants to give you a timer on your, on your cooking like your phone would give you a timer. But he wants to do it with different devices. It's almost as if he was dumped by a cell phone when he was younger. And he's doing everything he can to kill the cell phone. So each Alexa-powered Amazon device seems carefully calibrated to optimize a specific task. The Fire TV is for entertainment. The Echo is for music. The Spot is for morning and nighttime routines. The Echo shows for communication. So he's trying to throw stuff. For the record, I threw some dog poop against a wall, and it's stuck. So you know how there, there's that saying of throwing poop against the wall? Ah! It's actually kind of artistic. And I get why Jeff Bezos is throwing everything against the wall at this point in time. Um, because some stuff does stick. So there's no guarantees that the strategy is going to win. And some people look at poop against the wall and go, it's just poop against the wall. And that's like looking at Jackson Pollock and just saying it's a whole bunch of scribbles. So the dominant form of computing is still the smartphone. But even Apple's moving away from it because now they have a smartphone that can make phone calls. And let me tell you, it is pretty nice to have your cell phone in your pocket to be out on a date. Doing a little zooby zooby zoo, having a little wine. And the lady, zooby, zooby, the lady across from you is like, oh, Robert, zooby, 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 you're so funny. Zooby, I'm like, well, thank you. And she's like, you know what I really like about you is you're not always looking at your phone. I'm like, why, thank you. But I am looking at, I can tell on my watch. My watch has a funny, you know, three buzzes. It's, it's my friend Tony. Let's bring in Tony real quick for, did you know, Tony, that you're a three buzz guy on my, on my watch? What does that mean? That's Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. Get your mortgage done through Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. So back to me. Um, yeah, so like the watch is moving away from the phone and it's kind of nice. So there's no guarantee that uh, Bezos is going to win out on the strategy. The dominant form of computing is still the smartphone. But in five to ten years from now, Apple's moving away from it. The facial recognition that they're they're unlocking with their their X, not their X, their ten. I like saying it like X, not like the letter X, but like E E E E C K X. The X, the iPhone X. You say that. I know, right? So the jury's still out if these devices are going to like basically eventually just let our phone be a phone again. Wouldn't that be refreshing? Um, and I'm still waiting for the Get Smart 2 phone. Okay. So yesterday I sang I'm Coming Out. Tied towards some company coming out with a new product. But I did a song version, and I got no hate email. So I'm going to do a song every single day now until I get hate email. Hate email powers me. Like solar energy powers Tesla. Uh, so this is where that song came from in my head. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. All I'm Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. How are you doing today? Anything you want to talk about financially speaking, we could talk about. Um, stock markets in particular. A lot going on tied towards headline news. Not necessarily tied towards earnings news, but tied towards headline news. So we pay attention to it. Boeing in the news. They topped expectations by a large amount. Texas Instruments. Uh, remember the old TI-99? They beat. Rockwell Automation. They beat. Northrop Grumman. Solid Quarter. General Dynamics. Comcast. Twitter. Norfolk Southern. Goodyear Tire. Comcast. I think I mentioned that one. Boston Scientific. They um, all saw the results. So, why is the market not having a solid reaction to it? It's typical, right? It's when you think it's going to happen, it doesn't happen. And um, maybe it was built into the first quarter, because we're now into the second quarter. Maybe it was built into 2017, because we're now into 2018. Maybe it was... Maybe it's signaling something. They consider Wall Street to be a discounting mechanism, which means it looks six months into the future. The bond market's considered to be better at it in real time, whereas the stock market seems to be better at it uh, predicting things that might happen. But again, that's only in hindsight. So that's tough to play that game. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton, how are you today? Doing well. The other game that's tough to play is uh, guessing the direction of interest rates, right? No, I think they're trending higher. Hasn't that been a, a trend for about 18 months now? I, I remember if we look back, you know, I don't know, we've been doing radio together for almost 18 years. Remember when they were at, you know, 4 or 5%? We felt like they needed to go higher back then because we, I mean, we spent most of our careers seeing rates much higher. And now it's like throwing a party when they hit 3% on a 10-year treasury. Is it throwing a party in a good way or throwing a party in like it's time to leave the party because now said party started? Yeah, well, it depends on where you are in life, right? If you're uh, close to retirement, it's going to be nice because you'll be able to eventually, when rates go higher, have a much more solid retirement income plan with less risk. Uh, People used to be 40% stock, 60% bonds and CDs in retirement. Now it's 65, 35 and some cash. So people going into retirement have taken more risk than people, say, 15 years ago. Now, if you're younger and you've got a home equity line of credit or you're about to buy a new car, um, you're trying to buy real estate, it's going to get more expensive. So I guess it depends on where you are in life. I think if you're trying to transition to more conservative assets as you age, you're going to be you know, hopefully better off. But things are going to get a bit more expensive for people that are leveraged. It's interesting that you say uh, that we're talking about interest rates because it's it's not a big secret that the Federal Reserve wants to raise interest rates, give them a little bit more ammo in case things go worse in the economy. But I'm already seeing a slew of analysts today saying, you know, there's too many long-term problems. Interest rates can't go much higher because there's long-term problems like Social Security, um, mm-hmm. like debt, like stagnant wages, um, high cost of housing. Um, the people who are going to be pushed out are the people who who aren't in a home, uh, the younger people. So there's a lot of problems with 
thinking interest rate rates will go higher. Uh, what are your thoughts on maybe we've we've gone as far as we're going to go, and now we could expect some slowdown, and that should put things on pause, which may be the pause that refreshes. Oh, I could argue interest rates both ways. That's the thing why it's such a hard game to play, and that sometimes bond traders are smarter than stock traders. And right now, I like a mix of cash, unconstrained bonds, and some really solid conservative core bonds managed in my portfolios because it's so hard. So, the, the argument for rates going down, I could say, let okay, this week, let's take a look. We've got the U.S. government looking at rates hitting almost 3%, so they're offering one of the largest debt offerings since 2014. And we'll likely see that debt get snapped up because it seems like any time we get rates near 3%, there's so much cash out there on the sidelines ready to buy those bonds, increase the prices because of the demand, and push the rates down. What is going to cause interest rates to go up quicker is real inflation, wage inflation, right? Um, And we're not seeing that yet. So that's another argument against rates skyrocketing too high. Um, it would really surprise me to, to get, I mean, you know, it's somewhere between three and a half and four. That's when those stocks become scared of bonds because bonds become really competitive. Um, and I think we're a ways from that. Uh, we've got a lot of things that Congress has to get done before I think we see a lot of wage inflation. The next one would be an infrastructure. So the, the, the idea that rates go higher, okay, it's an infrastructure package. And we take on even more debt than what this recent budget is and and people start to be concerned about U.S. debt and rates go up a bit or the dollar falls, rates go up a bit. Um, But once the dollar falls, then foreign currency comes in and pushes rates back down because when people buy the dollar, they go into the dollar and they buy U.S. Treasury. So you see what I mean? There's all these arguments for and against rates going higher. I don't think investors really need to struggle too much with it. You know, you got to maintain what your strategy is and not worry about what Fed's doing with three or four rate increases this year. You and I are going to be doing a seminar in Cupertino coming up real soon, May the 3rd. People can find out more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. If you haven't ever been to one, you can still come to one for free. But if you have, um, it will work for you. One quick question. I got this via email. I find this fascinating. <laughs> Some of the emails I get. He goes, what if my 401k wasn't necessarily going to be the means end-all, be-all of my retirement. And with other pensions that I have uh, that were more my guaranteed sources of income, I was to consider it the 401k more like Reno money. Question being, wanting to leave the majority in stock, say like 90% of it forever. How do you feel about that? So he considers his 401k potentially to be Reno money, which is kind of an insult (laughs) to Vegas, right? (laughs) I guess so. I mean, I, wow, even, that's, that's a tough one to to answer. It feels like somebody that's about to make mistakes, right? No doubt. And uh, I just, I don't know. I think people make this tougher. The wealth accumulation, the stuff that I do, is the easier part of it. The stuff you do, the wealth management, is the more difficult. But the four hundred one k, I've never seen it referred to of what if I treat it like Reno money. <laughs> yeah, they need to kind of redo their thinking. So the pensions that they have, if they're lucky enough to have pensions, first of all. Uh, look up your pension online at, at uh, uh, pension, what is it, pensionbenefits.gov or pbgc.gov and, and see if it's over, you know, if it's on track or if it's drastically underfunded. Because I've had clients that retired. Uh, the recent slew of pension problems that I can remember about a decade ago were the airlines, where people retired from the airlines and their pension, they retired early, say 55 with a full pension. And then 
the pensions basically went under, and only about half of their income at the, for the younger people was guaranteed by the government. It some, had some government backing. So figure out how well-funded your pension is or not, and how much of that you want to count as your bond portfolio. And then the best, if, if you got a large pension, then okay, fine, invest the rest of your portfolio in stocks. But I mean, what do you, you can't really gamble much with your 401k because you got limited choices. And I, if you have 10 years that you know you're not going to sell, stocks are not a gamble. Okay. I'm with you on that. Now, at the Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar, it's going to be at the Juniper Hotel in Cupertino, uh, tax, talking about a lot about tax laws. Are you getting questions about tax laws, or are people going to ask the questions next year? Are people pre-planning um, tax laws? Well, they should laws? be asking them now, but I know CPAs were so busy trying to figure out what the heck is going on with this new tax code, and um, they're going to take some time off after, you know, what a crazy tax season. It was on Tuesday, right? But then the IRS website went down, so a lot of CPAs were not able to file extensions that they needed to file, and they had to work an extra day. Can you imagine that? Like, that's their the, the, going through that day saying, oh, this is the last day, and then now i got to do this again tomorrow. And most of them um, have vacations planned for the day after. Yeah, really, really tough. So anyway, uh, the, the the biggest questions that you get right now are that, oh my gosh, I'm going to pay way more taxes. And because of the way the new deductions work, where you can only do $10,000 of your state and local taxes, so your, your income taxes and your property taxes is limited to $10,000. But the itemized deduction is higher for some people. Um, if they own real estate or a business, their federal deduction is going to be higher and it could be an offset. The problem is where it really hurts is, let's say you're a family in the Bay Area that just finally was able to afford to buy a home, which means what? You're $280,000, dollars combined income, and you finally just got into a home, and you don't own real estate, you don't own a business, you're hurting. That's, you're paying more taxes this year, unfortunately, because of the way the tax code works. But... Um, if you're lower income, the 15% bracket became the 12% bracket, or if you are a business owner or own real estate, you actually have, are better off. So it was a really odd tax cut. And, and so, yes, we're getting a ton of questions, and a lot of it has to do with what do I do in retirement. Well, a lot of it is focusing on Roth conversions, because if you are retired, your taxes are likely lower. And you'll take this opportunity for the next couple of years to do some partial Roth conversions, to save taxes in the future, because I think they will go up in 2026 when this all expires. Sounds good. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You can come out and see him live and in person at an event. Coming up, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar, May 3rd, the day before Star Wars Day. It's easy to remember. May the 4th be with you? No. May the 3rd, Juniper Hotel Cupertino. Registration is $25. Uh, you can get in for free using the code radio 25. If you haven't been to an event, if you have, please uh, consider giving that seat to someone else. Social security strategies, good and bad retirement products, measuring risk in retirement, long-term care costs. I'm going to go over some stocks, uh, some ideas, some investments, and much, much more. You can find us at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com to sign up. Use code radio 25 to get in for free. Got 
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Retirement income strategies and much, much more. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Use code radio25. Um, Dow drops, uh, yields rise, and it's got people stressed, which is kind of interesting because I'll eventually get called into television where they'll say, What happened today? Or what's happened to the market? Why are we going down? I'll go, Because the economy's going great. Now, some analysts will predict that interest rates won't go much higher. I think that they will go up gradually is the expectation to 3.5%. I'm not an interest rate analyst in any way, shape, or form. Um, I can tell you the big picture when interest rates are at 3%, it's a lot tougher to make money that you borrow from banks because they're charging maybe 5%. Um, whereas when interest rates were at one percent on the ten-year treasury, one and a half, two percent. They were charging maybe four percent, so it was a little bit easier to turn around and take make money. This is a good time to own banks, in my opinion. As rates move higher, they'll become more profitable. Um, stocks sink though on the news of higher rates, even though we've been talking about higher rates for eighteen months. Stocks are mostly lower after steep drop. Basically, this week, um, and you know, in the last five trading sessions, markets toyed with the idea of two nine seven on the ten year, two nine eight. Oh, we went to three, back down to two nine six. Oh, three oh three. So we're in that threes now. We've broken that territory, and we're holding it. So don't get too concerned. Don't get too freaked out. That's not what we're doing here. Caterpillar's executives. Uh, were front and center after they reported first quarter earnings that were pretty solid. Now, Caterpillar shows you a confidence in, in the farming communities, in the building communities. Um, investors expect strong profit from Caterpillar, in large part due to the overall good economy that we're seeing with the higher interest rates, right? But also a growing global co- economy that sent... Uh, the news of all of this has sent the stock Caterpillar to record highs in January. I like Caterpillar for a long-term patient investor. It's really tough to say short-term it makes any sense. Defense contractor General Dynamics, they're a little bit lower today. Northrop Grumman also a little lower. Um, just on general, you know, they're on the defensive side. One analyst said Northrop Grumman and Lockheed Martin reported good results, but didn't raise their forecast for how much cash they're going to make this year. Aerosmith space company Boeing topped Wall Street expectations, raised its forecast for the year. Boeing rose 3.3%. Um, they're a big transport company, and obviously the future of transport's good. Railroad operator Norfolk Southern, they also climbed today. They surpassed analyst expectations. They're an industrial company, and their expectations are for a better future in the near term. Uh, Transports are one of the things that, if you see them hit record highs, typically the economy is going to be doing well for the next six months. Because remember, we we use the thesis, the thesi, that 
mutual fund that uh, stock markets are discounting mechanisms into the future. Netflix turns to the junk bond market to raise cash. Isn't that crazy? Um, so Netflix, it's out there. Um, they need to raise money because they continue to come out with more and more video product, right? And that stuff isn't cheap. So if you take a look at the treasury yield around 3%, it would have been better for Netflix to borrow money last year when the treasury was at 2.5%. So if you take a look at it, Netflix had to borrow for 10 and a half year notes, 5.87% is the cost of that money. Uh, that's a lot. Again, it shows you how interest rates move with bonds, and bonds move with corporate debt. And the cost of getting corporate debt financed is it's out there, right? Oh, GE, man. A lot of Americans worked for GE in their lifetime, and GE was the they owned a lot of GE stock, and that's the one thing that they, you know, experts will continue to tell you is don't own too much of your own company stock. Whether it's Enron or GE, some things can go bad. CEO John Flannery had a shareholders meeting where the shareholders were not very happy with him since he's taken over the stock's down 45%. And again, he has to be keenly aware of the pain because a lot of people's pensions are tied towards their shares of GE stock. Because it was so diversified at one point in time, buying GE was like buying the stock market. It had jet engines, it had television stations, it had light bulbs. You name it, they did it. They even lent money. Truly becoming uh, a company that was too big to fail, but they failed. Are you with me, against me? you got to pick a side. So one expert's out there saying that the stock market could see a 30 to 40% decline. And the only thing that I want you to be careful on is that's one analyst. And how many times has he been right? How many times has he been wrong? Does he know you? Does he know your retirement time frame? Does he know how much cash you have? Does he even know what's inside your portfolio? Do you own the market? What market is he talking about? You know, it's tough to say. Is it is it the SP 500? Is it the Dow? There's no right answer. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, I always have a seminar coming up. If you've been to one, save the seat for someone else, please. Uh, use the code radio25 to get in for free. Uh, we'll take a break here. We'll be right back in the near future. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hi, I'm Rob Black, host of Rob Black and Your Money. Join me and CFP Chad Burton for Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar coming up on May 3rd, 630 to 830 at the Juniper Hotel in Cupertino. Registration is $25, but free with the code RADIO25 when you sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever. It can be hard to even know where to begin, but focusing on a few essential issues will help increase your income in retirement and your chances of enjoying a secure future. 
CFP Chad Burton will discuss new tax laws and how they affect your retirement, transitioning your portfolio from accumulation to income, the right accounts to draw from first social security changes, good and bad retirement products, measuring risk, protecting your estate from long-term care costs. I will discuss the economy and market trends. Michelle Lerman will explain updates for estate planning. It's the Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar, May 3rd, 6.30 to 8.30 at the Juniper Hotel in Cupertino. Registration is $25, but free with the code RADIO25 when you sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.